Well, I needed that tonight. So one of those weeks you just kind of get distracted on some things, and then the Lord uses his word. And uh, I love that song, the truth of that, that just kind of like points us to who Jesus is. And, uh, man, it was so encouraging to hear you guys just reading uh, God's word out. That's what we need to hear. Uh, So why don't you grab your Bibles and go with me to uh, Psalm 145. Uh, Karis didn't even know this. She she started reading some of those verses from this text that we're gonna we're really gonna uh, take a look at this whole just the, the overview of uh, Psalm 145 tonight and and I wanted to spend my last few weeks uh, with you focusing all of our attention on who God is and uh, last week we we saw. Uh, this, this awesome truth that God is unchanging. He's unchanging in all of his perfections and his character and his purposes. And, and so because he's unchanging, all of, the, all of the attributes, all of those aspects and perfections of God, they always apply. And what it means for us in this moment is that we can trust the Lord. Because he's always going to be who he has always been. And so you don't need to fear, we don't need to worry, we don't need to give up. And, and I know that uh, transitions and un, uncertainty can be challenging, um, but we don't want you to just grin and bear it. I, I, I'm like, this has just been on my heart. Like, I don't want you to just grin and bear it as if this is just miserable. But guys, that we would worship our way through seasons like this and, and give praise uh, to who God is. And um, uh, that's really what we're trying to focus on. So tonight, what I want to do is help fuel uh, the fire of your heart to really worship the Lord uh, by focusing on these two truths, that God is great and God is good. Now, uh, you may have heard, and, and this might like send you back to when you were a kid and you heard that, that old prayer uh, that, that sometimes is even put to song uh, before you start to eat dinner, right? Something along the lines of God is great and God is good and we thank him for our Food, food, sort sort of rhymes, right? Like something in there, and 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 I know that that might be might be silly, might be a little trite to us now that we hear that, but but that prayer is so biblical, and we're going to see it right here in Psalm 145, and it is so rich in theology. And what I want to make sure is when we say that when we say things like, "Hey, God is great and God is good," that that we don't uh, that those words don't trip us up because I know that sometimes words like "great" and "good" seems a little mundane. It doesn't seem like it's very splashy, right? Those are the kind of words uh, that we often uh, right-click and, and, and replace with a synonym from the thesaurus to, to make it sound more impressive, right? Like, so when we think about these, I, I want to I wanna rescue those words that he, is, that he is great and that he is good and let them mean what they mean, okay? I, I, I couldn't help but think of uh, Ron Swanson, I don't know if you've seen this, when, when he decided, he was like trying to decide, come up for a, a, a new name for his uh, building company, he called it the Very Good Building and Development Company. I'm like, that's how you pick a name, right? Just use the word, that's what it means. And so I, I want you to, when, when you hear great, when you hear good, don't think that that's like, uh, okay. Like these are some incredible truths about who God is. 
And what I want to do is show you Psalm 145 actually is going to describe his greatness and his goodness in so much detail so that you can appreciate the significance of what we mean when we say those words. So, so I, I, we're not reading this. I just want you to look at it. If you're there in the text, I'm just going to give you kind of a, a flyover uh, overview of some of the things that it tells us about who God is in his greatness and his goodness. It says first that he's, he's a personal God. Notice verse 1, he says he's, he's my God. He's a king. Uh, he's also great and glorious in the splendor of his majesty in verse 3 and verse 5. He does wondrous works and awesome deeds. Verse 6, he's, he's good and he's righteous. Verse 7, he's, he's gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. In verse 8, he's good to all. He's merciful to his creation. Verse 9, he, he rules as king forever and he's faithful and he's kind. Verse 13, he upholds those who fall, verse 14. He provides and, and gives food to all. There it is. He's great and he's good. And we thank him for our food, verse 15. And he opens his hands and he satisfies desires, verse 16. He's, he's near to those who call him. We heard that already tonight, verse 18. He hears us. He saves us, verse 19. He preserves those who love him. He destroys the wicked, verse 20. And his name is holy, verse 21. Man, if we could grasp these truths that God is great and God is good, what a difference they would make. If we really got that, you know what would happen? We would love Christ. We would worship our way through this season because we'd just be in awe of who he is. We'd just say, man, God is, God is so great. We would love Christ and we would live sent. Because we wouldn't want to waste this season, but we'd stay focused uh, on the mission. It does, mission doesn't stop. And we want others to come to know and experience him and, and love him and worship him too. And so, so here's the big idea. If you're taking notes, here's what I want you to see in, in Psalm 145. And this is the application of it. It's this. Worship his greatness. Share his goodness. Worship his greatness and share his goodness. Okay? Uh, I want you to think about that application as we uh, start reading. I'm going to start reading uh, right in verse 1, and uh, we'll, we'll split this up a little bit. But uh, Psalm 145, verse 1, he says this, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Love this, man. Like if this isn't underlined and circled in your Bible, make sure this is. Verse 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the frame of your abundant fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. So here's here's what I want to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna break this up. I wanna I wanna highlight uh, these. This is the first of two responses to who God is because He's great. We're gonna break this big idea uh, up into two sections. Okay, so let's look at just the fact that we're supposed to worship His greatness. Verse three, worship His greatness. Verse three says, "Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable." That idea of His greatness there is the idea of being remarkable. Like you just have to make a remark about it. Like you just have to say something. It's, it's that awesome. And, and it's out of the ordinary. It is, it is outstanding. It's so much so that his greatness, it says, is greatly to be praised. Like there's a, there's a force behind it. Like you just have to respond to it. 
How many, how many of you uh, um, uh, have already booked or are planning on your beach vacation this summer? Okay, we got a, a few of you going down to the water. I don't know why this is. My kids always kind of make fun of me for it. But at some point, whenever we're at the ocean, I just kind of have to stand there. I just like put my feet in the water just, just at the edge. And, and I just kind of watch for a while. And I don't know, it may look like I'm like brooding or having deep thoughts. Most of the time, I'm just kind of like taking it all in. Uh, you, ever, you ever done that? You're like standing and seeing the vastness of it. Or those of you who like uh, climbing, come on, Dan. We're, we're, we're going to climb some mountains and go up and, and look in, and, and some vista that just kind of like, it, it just kind of takes your breath away. And there's that moment where you're just like, whoa. It's that kind of response. Or, or, or it's like uh, when kids see fireworks and they just can't sit still. Maybe, maybe they, they're cowering in fear a little bit or, or, or maybe they're just kind of like wide-eyed with excitement. But there is going to be a response. God is so great that his greatness demands a response. You can't sit still. There's going to be this moment where we see his greatness. We realize, whoa. And it says his greatness is unsearchable, meaning it's, it's beyond our capacity to even understand it. Like this, we, we, we said last week, this is kind of an encouraging thing. We're, we're grateful that we have a God uh, that we can't fully know. Now, now, here's the thing. We can know him. We can know him truly. We just can't know him fully. You can't put God into a box and we can't, can't fully capture his character and all of his perfections because he's beyond our ability to comprehend. He is infinitely great. But we can know him. And when we know him truly, when we think right thoughts about God in, in response to what he's revealed about himself to us in his word, and we believe those things, when we see those things on display, these truths about the greatness of our God, the only appropriate response is worship. God is great. In fact, there's, there's so many, I, I don't know if you noticed this, there's, there's a lot of different action words in this text uh, that are used to describe how we're supposed to worship. You, you might want to just kind of underline these. There's so many, so many verbs here, action words, uh, to describe how we're supposed to respond when we see the greatness of God. Verse 1, he says, uh, I'm going to extol or bless. Verse 2, he says to praise. Verse 4, we, we commend and, and we declare. Verse 5, we, we meditate. Verse 6, we, we speak. Verse 7, we pour forth and sing aloud. Also, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but verse 10, it says give thanks. Verse 11 says tell. Verse 12 says make known. Do you get the sense that, that, that it would actually be wrong for you to see God's greatness and keep your mouth shut? You get that? Open up your mouth and praise the Lord. Great is the Lord greatly to be praised. See, this is why we gather together as a church. This is why when we open up the book and we have, uh, what, what a sweet thing to, to have time to just open up God's word and hear what he says and boldly proclaim the truth about who God is. And then we start using instruments because we want to make a joyful noise and open up our mouths and praise him for his greatness. He is worthy of our praise and our highest praise. Not just our praise, but our highest praise. Man, think about this. People shouldn't be hearing us talking more about the TV show that we're into. 
or, or, or seeing the passion and, and excitement that we have for our favorite sports team, our highest praise, the thing that, that, that it, it comes gushing out of our mouths constantly because we just can't stop talking about it, is our love for the greatness of our God. That's the thing that should get most excitement and most praise out of us. And it will be genuine and authentic when you actually see the greatness of God on display in the pages of Scripture, when you believe these things about him. It will be an authentic and genuine response. However, I also want you to notice that it's also a commitment. It's a choice. Look look at verse 1 again. Look at this. Notice, Notice David says this. I will extol you, my God and my King. Can I just confess to you I was having one of those moments even tonight. Like here, like I had lots going on. I'm, I'm worn out. I'm tired. It was one of those moments like knowing I was getting ready to get up here and preach this verse <laughs> as we're singing. Like, hey, I got to check my attitude on this. This is a commitment. I will do this. Will you commit to praising the Lord? Will you commit to worshiping his greatness? Uh, we, we've often said uh, for a long time, we've used this phrase around here, it's never just another Sunday at Fairfax Bible Church. Which, of course, um, because we're now doing uh, uh, summer at City Gates on, and, and temporarily meeting on Saturdays, um, we can't really uh, say that. In fact, we've, we've got like a, a, a Sunday swear jar going on in staff meetings uh, right now. Every time we say we're supposed to put in a dollar, I'm pretty sure I owe all the staff lunch at this point, so it's pretty bad. But, but we're going to have to change that a little bit, okay? But, but the phrase is, it's never just another Saturday. Do you know what we mean by that? Come on, there's, there's, there's expectation there. And what it means is we know what we're doing on Saturdays. There's no question about it. This is a commitment. This is a priority. And we come with great expectation that, that God is great and he's called us to worship him. And so, we, man, we, we're going to take the time and say, we can't wait to come and praise the Lord. Don't miss out on the opportunity to see the greatness of God on display in the opening up his, the, his word, in the proclamation of his word. And, and when we sing together as his people. And Pastor Hang has actually been talking to me recently just how encouraging it has been to see your responses. And I know it's, it's kind of hard because he, you know, he's watching you behind masks and everything. But, 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 but the fact that you're not just kind of sitting there with your hands in your pocket, but you're, you're leaning in and you're engaging and raising your hands and, and he can hear singing out. And it's just how encouraging that's been. And we, we love to hear the body of Christ just engaging in this. Let Fairfax Bible always be a worshiping church. And we have to kind of remind one another of this. I have to encourage one another with this. That's actually what he says. Look at verse 4. He says that one generation shall commend your works to another. There's an expectation that you're, that you're teaching and reminding others of this. I mean, I've been praying a lot um, for the biblical counseling that is currently happening in our small groups right now. Some of you are doing that so well. And I'm hearing the testimonies of it. I was talking with someone this week about the encouragement that they've heard from people in their small group, just sharing truth, reminding them how we're supposed to think through these things. You see, disciples worship Christ and walk with Christ and 
work for Christ, right? That's our process. We want to engage in that. And, and walking with Christ means we're just learning how to follow Jesus as disciples. And we don't do that alone. We do that in community. And so small groups is where we gather together with maybe just a few other believers. And, 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 and we get together during the week so that we can, we can study God's word. And, and we can be honest with each other about how we're doing in following and walking uh, with Jesus. And, 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 and we can hold one another accountable and encourage and pray for one another, and it's in that community that we need to biblically counsel one another, remind one another to worship our way through this season. I, I, when, when someone feels discouraged, when someone starts to doubt, it's okay, we get it, we understand, we feel those things too, but we keep pointing one another to the, the truth about who God is and reminding them God is great. And it says we commend his works to one another. We just remind them what he's done. H- have you seen what God has done in this church? Have you seen the truth, the way that he has been working in the lives of people? Man, those are the things that remind us that we can trust him. And, and so that we would do what the text says, that we would start meditating on his wondrous works. We would speak of his awesome deeds and declare his greatness. But 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 there's also a a generational aspect here, right? It says that one generation shall commend your works uh, to another. So that means we're supposed to be passing this on to our kids. Hey, um, our kids are watching how we respond and act and how we, uh, our, our attitudes and our responses and our, the way that we trust the Lord through a season like this. And can I just encourage you, don't let the culture disciple our kids. Like, make no doubt about it. Like, they are discipling our kids, which is why it's so important for us to be intentional about making sure that we're discipling them in the truth so they don't get lured away by what the world tells them is great. We need them to know God is greater. Our God is greater. We want them to know this. So we talk about him, we open up the Bible as a family, we let him see your love for Jesus, prioritize time with this church family so that, so that even your kids are seeing other uh, believers trusting him and praising him and worshiping him because he's great. Uh, basically what I'm trying to say is this, let's take worship seriously, okay? We're going to worship him for his greatness. God is great, but he's also good. I want to keep reading. Uh, I, want to, I want to finish the psalm now. Uh, starting in verse 8, I want you to see his goodness on display here. Here's what he says. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. And his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. And all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power and to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling, raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills 
the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. What a fitting way to end, verse 21. So my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let me just break this down. Here's the second response. Because God is great and because God is good, we want to share his goodness. We're going to worship him, but yeah, we want to share his goodness. I want you to notice verse 8, it kind of emphasizes God's uh, covenant relationship with his people. David's actually echoing the language that God had used of himself in Exodus chapter 34. Some of you remember that when we preached through that text, that that when, when, when God declared his name to Moses on Mount Sinai, he said the same thing. He is He is gracious. He is merciful, he is slow to anger, and he's abounding in steadfast love. This is who he is, and this is how we experience him. We know that God is merciful and that he's gracious, and we know his love through Jesus. But then notice this, verse 9, he actually extends God's goodness, not just to believers, but to everyone. Did you see that? It says, the Lord is good to all And his mercy is over all that he has made. What that means is that everyone experiences God's goodness even if they don't realize it. That's crazy. Now, they might reject him, but but verse 9 actually reminds us he made them. He is the creator. Verse 13, he he is sovereign. He is reigning over all of his dominion, over everything that he's made. Verse 15, he's the provider. Do you see that? Where, Where do we get our food? Something as basic as this, just the Lord is the one who gives everyone their food in due season, right? So, so he is the creator. He is the sustainer of all. And without God and, and his common grace, this world completely comes undone. So we have the opportunity and the privilege of helping others recognize this truth, that God is good to us all. And his saints, verse 10, verse, the, the saints are the ones who bless him. And then look what he says, verse 11. This is what we do. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to who? To the children of man. That means everybody. We're going we're gonna to let everyone know of your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. That means those of us who love him, those of us who submit to him as king, we get to tell everybody else, all the children of man, about the glory of his everlasting kingdom. We want people to know he is good and everything he does is good. And we want them to also experience what it's like to live in submission to him with being our king. But, but there's some urgency in us sharing his goodness because while God is still good to all, this is really important. I hope you, you sense this theme. Only those who call on him will be saved. Did you notice that? Like we're seeing God's goodness and it's on display obviously to his people first and foremost. And yet it's to everyone. But not everybody is going to experience all of these attributes and, and, and the perfections of the Lord. Verse 18. Not everybody is going to experience his comforting presence. It says the Lord is near to all who call on him, 
to all who call on him in truth. Man, that is such an encouraging promise for us in, in Christ, right? When we need him, when we, we, we call out for him, he is with us. He is, he is near. But, but those who don't call on him, they're not going to experience that comfort. Nor are they going to experience true satisfaction in life. And they're going to like chase after all of these fleeting pleasures of the world, running after all of these things, and they're just going to keep coming up empty. Because verse 9 says, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. Those of us who see him for who he is, and we see that Jesus is our treasure and our joy. But for those who don't fear him, they're going to miss out on the only one who satisfies. Verse 19 he also hears their cry and he, and he saves them. Man, I, I've been praying for you. I pray that you recognize that you are a sinner who deserves the judgment of God. And that there's nothing you can do to change that. When, when, when you see that, that awareness is going to lead you to cry out to the Lord. And let's, look, look what he says. When you cry out for God to save you, God hears that. God hears that, and he saves us through the person of Jesus who died in our place for our sin so that we could be forgiven. We could experience his mercy and his grace instead of his judgment. But if you don't trust in Jesus, look, look what happens, verse 20. What, what does he do, verse 20? What does he do to all the wicked? All the wicked he will destroy. See, listen, the Lord is good to all. But part of his goodness is that he's just. And he gives sinners what they deserve. And, and sinners reject the Lord because they don't love him. They, 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 they love themselves. They don't want him. And, and so, in a sense, the Lord says, fine. Have it your way. But because he's good, he will not let them go unpunished for their rebellion. Here's, here's why. Do you sense the urgency? The urgency is there because they don't have to experience that. They don't have to come under judgment. Because God loved us so much that he sent his son and, and his son took our sin and he died for it. So God poured out all of his justice, all of his wrath on Jesus. And so that when we cry to him, he hears us and he saves us. Man, that's an awesome God, is he not? Do you see that? God is good. And, and, and all of these truths apply to us when we trust in Christ. These, these truths that he's just said that he will, he will uphold you when you're falling. He will, he will raise you up when you're down. He will provide for you. He will open up his hand. He will, he will satisfy you. He will always do what is right. He will show his kindness to you. He will be near when you need him. He will listen. He will hear when you cry out. He will watch over you. He will, he will keep you. He will preserve you. And, and when David meditates on all these truths that we have, and these things are applied to us because of Christ, when David gets to the end of this, he comes to this conclusion, verse 20, 21. He says, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Because he's great, because he's good. Now, we have to praise the Lord. We must praise the Lord. We must worship him because of that. But notice David doesn't stop there. Look at the text. Look at what he says, verse 21. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. But that's not all. Let all flesh 
Bless his holy name forever and ever. It's not enough that those who believe in him and love him right now would praise him. David's vision is that all flesh, everyone would worship the Lord. Guys, God's goodness is too good to keep to ourselves. We share his goodness and tell others so that they too can experience God as their savior and as their king. And so now, more than ever, now is the time to keep our eyes on who God is and, and, and keep your eyes on the greatness and the goodness of God is going to lead, to lead this church to being a worshiping and sending church. That you would love Christ and live sent. Because as we've been reminded, the mission doesn't stop just because we're in a, 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 a pastoral transition. And these awesome truths then apply to us that that he will be near to you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And listen, I think about this. I am fully expecting that the Lord is going to lead a a godly man to come and open up the pages of Scripture and to lead and to shepherd. God's going to bring that. God is going to continue to build his church. I am trusting that. But I want you to think about how you want this transition to go. Because nobody, nobody wants to look back on this season with, with regret because we drifted away or we gave up or we lost sight of who he is. And, and, and so then we just fell into fear and, and doubting and complaining. I, I know this of you. Nobody wants to waste this season. Don't waste this opportunity. Worship your way through it. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And share his goodness with others, just asking that the Lord would do this work, that he would bring lost sinners to salvation and keep building his church with this awesome vision. I love this, that all flesh will bless his holy name forever. God is building his church. We have great reason to trust him. And come on, this is the priority. We're going to worship the Lord We're going to keep sharing his goodness with others. Amen? God, I pray that you'd do this truth in us. Would you you prove to us that you're good? Prove to us again that you love us, that you are for us. You're not against us. So grateful for that reminder. Lord, we also know that because you're good, we want others to experience that. And not everybody is going to know this. Because not everybody's going to cry out to you knowing that you will hear, that you will listen, that you will save. Lord, we want to see lost sinners come to salvation and trust you and submit to you as king. Lord, you're a good king. You're a king that we can trust. And Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. And so we commit to this. I will extol you, my God and my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Because our God is greater. So grateful for that truth. Help us to just worship you through this season. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name.